Welcome to the Women Inseparable Freedom Series with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Here's Jacqueline. I'm so excited about Romans 6. I knew going, going to bed last night and waking up this morning, I was going to do Romans 6 and I was going to do Romans 6 in two parts. And it was going to be fun and awful all in one. This is what I knew Romans 6 was going to be. And then God's like, Romans 3. Oh, so I prayed over Romans 3. I'm like, God, for the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. To talk this verse to a world that struggles with wages, that mentality for a lot of people in our society can't wrap their head around the word wages. But when you supplement the word wages and you enter freedom, which is ultimately the payment that Christ paid for us is, is freedom from sin. And you take out the mentality of wages and replace it with the freedom that our nation, that our generation today is hungry for freedom. It makes sense. It hits you for the freedom of sin is death. You want to live in the freedom of sin? Romans 3 says that that freedom in sin, freedom from God is going to lead to death. That's how that chapter ends. Fascinating, dark, heavy, but then not really because there's the but God going on at the end of Romans 3. Romans 3 says that the, the freedom that you get if you live apart from God, it ends in death. But, but God through Jesus Christ has given us eternal life. So if we choose freedom from sin, if we choose freedom in God, if we choose Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. That's powerful. That's Romans 3. Romans 6. Romans 6 is specific to you and me, Christian sister. Here we go. Romans 6, he starts with questions, and we see questions throughout the book of Romans. And he starts with, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Do we want to live in sin so that we can prove that God is so forgiving? Well, God's forgiveness, I need to testify the forgiveness of God. So I'm going to sin and then I'm going to apologize to God. And God's going to say, sweet daughter, I forgive you, honey. And then I'm going to say, see how much my God forgives me. And I'm going to sin again. Some mentality that you're going to see in Romans 5, if you go through it, going into Romans 6, he says, is that the game? Is that what we're supposed to be doing? And he says, God forbid. In the ESV version, he says, by no means. How can we, how can we who died to sin still live in sin? That's a solid self-evaluation question. It's a question that when we read through Romans to put our check mark and we skip right over, but in our study, my prayer is that we'll hold on to that question. How can we, or if we take it personal, how can I, who died to sin through my salvation in Jesus Christ, still live in sin? How can I? How can I? What's your answer? How would you answer that? Seriously. It's a deep question, isn't it? And it can be answered in different ways. We can justify it. Hmm. You ever justified? <laughs> Good. I like knowing I'm not the only one. Take this question to heart, will we? And ask ourselves: how, how can I? If I've already claimed victory from sin, how can I still live in it? Find that answer. And I pray that this will give you a tool to 
to stop living in sin. I get to teach about sin today. Through Jesus Christ, we're free from sin, yes? As humans, we live in sin, yes? These things ought not so to be. If we want to do King James, we can't do both. So how do we choose to live free from sin and not in sin? How can we choose that? The answer is literally in Romans chapter six. We are going to find freedom from sin in Romans six today, if we use it. It's a whole new mentality. This is beautiful. Look at Romans six. I'm going to start in verse five. Listen to what Paul is saying. And this is going to be a Bible study. So listen to Bible speak. He says, for if we have been united with him, with Jesus in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him, with Jesus in a resurrection like his. We know, Christian sister, we know that our old self was crucified with him. Is this a true sentence? Yes. We know that our old self was crucified with Jesus in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Do you see freedom right there? We would no longer be enslaved to sin, or we could say that we would be free from sin. This happened because Jesus died on the cross and Jesus rose again. And we believe that Jesus died on the cross and we believe that Jesus rose again. Therefore, our past, our sin was brought to nothing. What would happen if we declared that every day? Every time we struggle with sin, every time we wanted to see sin or hear sin or taste sin or walk in sin or participate in sin, we declare out loud, my sin is brought to nothing. You're nothing. That temptation, nothing. That desire, nothing. It's your freedom. You have the right in the name of Jesus Christ to declare, it's over. It is finished. Verse 7, it says, for one who has died has been set free from sin. That one is you. This is your truth. Say, but I've been trying for freedom from this sin for so long. Do you know Jesus is your savior? Your answer is yes, every time. But then there's that but sentence. I know I'm a child of God, but what would happen if we got rid of that but? Oh, as a woman, how wonderful would that be? <laughs> Magic eraser. Anyway, scripture. For one, for you, for you who've been dead, you have been set free from sin. Now, this is what he's trying to explain to us. And we're going to look at these next few verses. And I pray that you see your tool. See your answer to freedom from sin today. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Another true sentence, yes? We know this is certainty. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to what? Sin. Once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to who? Do you see the mentality? Do you see that switch? You say, but I know that switch, but... Verse 11. So you also 
must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You must consider yourself. We talked about doing a personal challenge on the last video. Here's your next step in your personal challenge. Will you figure out how you can truly consider yourself dead to sin? What does that look like? What would that look like if starting right now, no matter what right now is to you, what would happen if right now you declared in Jesus Christ, I am, finish your sentence. What's, how would you word that, that you would actually believe it? This is something we struggle with as Christian women. We know as Bible students, we know the truth. We know who we are. We know who he is, but we still keep on sinning. What would happen if we honestly formed a sentence that we would actually believe? I think this is what Paul's trying to get to us in Romans six here. What's your sentence? What's your sentence that would actually make you declare when sin is at my door, not opening it. I'm not opening it because, because what? From Romans six, what verse would you choose to be that thing? Not opening the door to sin because it's nothing. There's nothing there. Freedom. Why open a door? Why open your front door if nobody's knocking on it? It's nothing. What is your verse? How can you actually today begin to consider yourself dead to sin? That's the first thing. And then is the action. It starts with your mentality and it has to have action to it. Here's your action. Let not sin. Therefore, in verse 12, let not sin. Therefore, reign in your mortal body. Don't let it be there. Because if it's there, verse 12 says, it'll make you obey its passions. Let not sin therefore reign. Notice it's not saying don't let that bottle or that item or that person or that. It's not about that. It's about you. It's about you. Don't let sin in you. You. (laughs) This is so personal. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Each of us, Paul does this often in his letters. He refers to the body of Christ as a human body. And he uses the human body in its different forms. Like use it as an example. He's saying your body, your person is made up of different members, right? Your arms, your legs, your mouth, your head, your face. You have different members. He says, you know what member in your body causes the most sin or desires the most sin? Answer that question. You don't have to answer out loud. What member of your body craves sin? What member of your body allows that craving of sin to occur? These are good questions to ask. Find the target. They're good questions to ask, maybe not good (laughs) questions to answer. They're not fun questions to answer, but you have to get to the core, don't you? If you're going to conquer something, you have to get to the core and you can't blame the thing. You're the one in charge and you have Jesus in you. Therefore, God has the power to do this. So separate your body in different members and figure out what that area is of sin that your member, that particular member is dying for, that trips up. What is that sin 
issue. And then he says this, now that you know that, verse 13, it says, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. An instrument must be played, right? If an instrument is just sitting on a shelf, it's good for nothing. But when you pick up the instrument and you string, I don't do, I don't know. I tried to teach myself the guitar once. I don't have time for that story. My nails got in the way. End of the story. A guy named Snake tried to tell me to cut my nails so that I could play the guitar. And I said, thank you for your advice. Then I walked away and I haven't touched the guitar since. That's what you do with sin right there. Put it away. Don't even present your member as a servant to sin. If you don't allow air into that, oh, heavens to Betsy. If you don't use the instrument to produce music, then nothing's going to come from it. It's literally like scripture was saying, good for nothing. Make it void. Make it void. And then he switches it. He says, but in the middle of verse 13, he says, but in contrast, present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. Present yourself. Here's your next question. How? How can I? And this is a very personal question that only you can answer. And we're all going to have such different answers because by the grace of God, we're all so different. How can I present my body to God? We know that we are. Romans 12 tells us to present our body holy and blameless. But that's another scripture we know. But how do we do it? What does that look like? You truly want freedom from sin. Figure this out. Figure this out. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And then present your members, that same member that you're so used to laying before sin as instruments of unrighteousness, that same member, that same member. So you've already identified that member that's causing that sin issue. Get that same member that you just identified and now lay it before God and say, I want to use this as an instrument for you. So as if it's my right arm is the one that causes my issue, let's say, I'm going to determine not to use this anymore as an instrument of unrighteousness over here to do this thing. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to purpose to use this member over here for the purpose of God with the same passion, the same passion in which you use it for sin. Doesn't sin want you at all times? Doesn't that member crave it? all the time. You wake up in the morning and you think about it. You go to bed at night and you think about it. And that member just does it. It's like a natural response. God is saying, stop doing that. Instead, use that same member with that same passion and say, God, God, every time. Nope. I don't want my instrument played over here. I want a new song. I want a song of victory. I'm tired of this tune. I'm tired of the song. I don't want it anymore. I want God. But you have to choose to want it. You have to choose to want it. Verse 14, it says, for sin, hold on to the power of this verse. It says, for sin will have no, 
no dominion over you. Why? You are no longer under the law, but you're under grace. Oh, we want freedom from sin, don't we? How badly? How badly do you want freedom from sin? Bad enough to find a new song. My prayer is that we'll want that, that we'll want that same passion, that we'll identify that member, and instead of using that member as an instrument of unrighteousness, we'll use our member as an instrument of righteousness, free, free through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's freedom. We're so glad you joined us today. If you need prayer or simply have questions, email us at womeninseparable at gmail.com. You can find more Women Inseparable studies on various social media platforms.